ATH 9:10am interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer. Diane is running the board and uh, glad that you are listening. Uh we are going to talk in the next 20 minutes or so uh with a, a dear friend who I've known for for many years. He's been a big help to our our family <laughs> in uh fertility issues. In fact, I, we have an almost 14-year-old I think in large part because of the help that uh, our friend Dr. Craig Tersinski uh, helped us back when we were suffering with uh, some uh, infertility issues. And he is a reproductive physiologist. He is a certified teacher of the Billings Ovulation Method and also director of strategy and scientific affairs for BOMA USA. That's the Billings Ovulation Method Association. So, wow, those are some pretty good titles there. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about uh, his work and also about a uh, a banquet coming up uh, on November 12th at the Hilton Garden Inn in Frisco with some great speakers and, uh, and, and a great, um, some inspiring talks and, uh, and so I invite you to, to join them for that. So, uh, Dr. Szynski, uh, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. It's always good to see you. And I love being here and, and, uh, we've done this a couple of times before, but, uh, appreciate everything you're doing for us. Yeah. It seems us. like, uh, every time I talk to you, you're just further along doing new things. You got all these titles. And so I guess let's start from, Scratch and you know what is BOMA USA? What's the Billings Ovulation Method? Just for people who are like, what you know, what, what is this all about? Just give us the, the the basics of it. Sure. So the the Billings Ovulation Method was uh, founded by uh, a couple of doctors from Australia. Um, the really the work started in the 1950s. Um, John and Evelyn Billings, and uh, they uh, they really kind of developed the what is now the foundation of natural family planning or sometimes it's also called fertility awareness based methods the foundation of information that all the other methods actually uh utilized in the development of of their method for mm. instance Creighton is founded on a lot of the concepts of the Billings ovulation so method. they were first they were first okay yes. first ones to say Let's look into this right. know, in the 50s. Okay. So, so back around that time, uh, the only thing that was available for, for Catholics was the rhythm method. Yeah. And, of course, that doesn't work very well. Yeah. And so um, a, uh, a parish priest there in, in Australia asked John, who was a neurologist, to give him uh, some assistance he agreed to do it for a few months. It turned out to be an endeavor that lasted 50 years. Mm. So, um, so the organization is worldwide. Uh, BOMA USA is the U.S. affiliate. Yeah. So we're tasked with the teaching of the Billings Ovulation Method here in in the United States. Okay. So there's the. Um uh, the, the Creighton, uh, you know, method, um, people are uh, familiar with Dr. Hilger's, there's BOMA. These are just basically different approaches with the same end in mind. Would that be a good way of putting it? Correct. They're okay. all natural family planning methods. There's the Marquette method, um, uh, the symptothermal method from couple to couple league. There's, so there's many different methods. Uh, they use different biomarkers, um, but... Uh, the Billings ovulation method, like the Creighton model, is based on uh, on cervical mucus, and um, and it's uh, it's they're very similar mm-hmm. in many respects. So, what does it mean to be a reproductive physiologist? <laughs> Good question. So, um, most reproductive physiologists um, are in the uh, agriculture 
industry because in agriculture, you know, breeding of of stock of highly valuable stock is yeah. is important. Um, so there's a number of technologies that developed to do that. There's artificial insemination. There became embryo transfer, and then in vitro fertilization, and and uh, a, a whole host of of technologies like cryopreservation, of course, as well. Um, so, uh, so I did my training at Texas A&M University um, in, with animals. Yeah, and uh, and that was my original intent was to stay in the animal industry, but uh, I, I took it. I took a turn. Turn to the uh, the human. Yeah. Am, am I right in saying? Or correct me if I'm wrong, that anything goes when it comes to the brute animals, but when it comes to human beings, there's a lot of, uh, you know, ethical decisions. Can, can, I mean, obviously you don't want to like torture animals, but as far as reproductive technologies, is it anything goes with them from an ethical standpoint or are there some limitations? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, the, you know, obviously there is not the, the, the moral. Uh, consequences of doing these types of technologies and yeah. animals that there would be in in humans. Um, uh, I I wouldn't say anything goes right. We, yeah, like cloning and stuff like that. That that'd be wrong, you know, even well, with animals. Right? Well, no, clo- even if 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 the purpose of the cloning is is a value, yeah. right? Um, if the if the ends are good. Then even animal cloning would would be okay, but um, uh, an example perhaps of of something that would not be morally licit is you know experimentation with different species, right, and, you know mixing right. different species. Oh, it's 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 okay maybe from a from a scientific perspective to understand certain things, you know interaction with genes and such, but um, but certainly not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to, to develop a new species of some sort. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, you made the transition from, you know, the, the animal and the, the world into the, the human world. And, of course, at that point, uh, a, lot, a, a lot of ethical concerns come up. Uh, what, what's, what are some of the, the, the biggest, like if you had five minutes to speak to the world and this is what I want you to know about what I do, what, what's the most important thing that people need to know about your field? Well, so um, obviously, as Catholics, we we, we understand the um, the moral implications of separating the unitive from the procreative mm-hmm. act. Um, and in my career, I I kind of learned that the hard way in terms of what I was doing previously, working in an IVF, a human IVF lab, um, to what I'm doing now. Um, it was the uh, it was the the knowledge and the observation of the harm that yeah. we were doing to humans that the disorder from going against natural law uh, going against the natural law results in disorder yeah. problems other problems that arise while you're trying to solve one yeah. in some cases yeah. maybe those problems are even worth worse uh, to the individuals as well as to society. And when you stay within natural law, which natural family planning does, um, it, you, you escape that, that disorder, and um, it's uh, just better, better overall for, for society mm-hmm. and for the individual. 
Do you ever feel like a voice crying out in the wilderness and the whole culture is going in one direction and you see just all this craziness and, uh, you know, with a whole lot of things, gender and, you know, reproductive, quote, rights, and you're just like, oh, please, people, uh, you know, this this is the truth that we have through our, our church and natural law, but a lot of people just don't get it, do they? Right. Yeah, and... and- uh, and I've mentioned this to you before. One time you asked me the question, um, what kind of evil is happening in in these laboratories uh, around the world? And <clears throat> at the time, I remember saying that, well, most of the people are in it for the right reasons. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, um, they weren't, they didn't have evil in, intent, uh, it, although they may be misguided. But since that that question you posed to me, I, I've I've done more observations, uh, and and I, I do think there is evil out there. I mm-hmm. I think this reproductive health is um, is caught up in an in uh, in a an embrace by Satan to really attack the human race. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, a spiritual element to what you're doing. Uh, a spiritual warfare, and then at the same time, a scientific ang- angle as well. So it's uh, it's Thanks. such a such a necessary uh, work that you're doing. Uh, let's talk about the banquet, uh, November twelfth. It's a Saturday, six to ten, Hilton Garden Inn in Frisco, with the theme of being called the NFP message at home and abroad. Uh, so is this the first time you've done a, a banquet like this or uh, tell us more about it? Well, certainly since I've been with the organization, uh, there may have been something that was done years ago, but um, uh, we're, we're uh, you know, hoping to get the message out, um, but, uh, but also uh, continue to promote the work that we do. Um, and we've got some great speakers. We're excited about that, uh, uh, Dr. Danielle and Kyle Kessner are board members, um, uh, yeah, but uh, they they have done some mission work, some natural family planning mission work in the Caribbean as well as in Tanzania, and they're going to share their experience in doing that. Actually, we're going around in a boat, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah in the Caribbean, yeah. they were they were on a sailboat with their six kids, and um, they were they were out for uh, I think around a year or so in visiting different uh, communities and um, offering medical services as well as natural family planning education. So they're going to have a talk called NFP Mission Work by Sea in the Caribbean and by Land in Tanzania. That'll be they'll basically be talking about their you know journey and. You know, exploits, and uh, that, right. that sounds really exciting. Right. <laughs> sounds very adventuresome. Yeah, we're definitely uh, looking forward to that. Um, and then, of, of course, uh, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland from Tyler. Um, I think a lot of people have, have heard him before, um, and uh, we're, we're looking forward. He, he is going to be our keynote speaker for the mm-hmm. evening. Yeah, and his talk is called Catholic Reproductive Health, Encouraging marriage, children, and chastity in a time of turmoil, and you know he he spoke at our summer speaker series event uh, just last month. Yes, and, uh, he's just uh, uh, fascinating, uh, and I, I you know of course I love him. So glad that he's coming in. Who is uh, who's your target audience for this? Who who do you think you know? Of course, anybody can come. If, you know, right. if they buy a ticket, they can come. But uh, who who do you think is 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 are you targeting? So. Um, I think I think it 
really anybody. Um, mm-hmm. uh, certainly, the Catholic uh, uh, population is that this will resonate with them, um, but but not just Catholics. Uh, you know, other Christians and other denominations um, uh, would would be welcome as well. Um, anybody that's curious mm-hmm. about how the natural family planning message uh, is is. Uh, kind of part of the whole pro-life, uh, the the pro-life approach, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you know, there's uh, Humana Vitae came out 1968, was it? Uh, and of course, was not received very well, and uh, most a lot of Catholics just ignore it or don't pay any attention. Of course, the culture, you know, will have none of it. And uh, even now there's talk about is that can be overturned and, you know, there's a lot of this talk and, you know, I just wonder from your perspective and of course I, I know a little bit, but you're, you're an expert in it. Uh, this, this really speaks the truth of the human person and you would think if it's natural law, then everybody would just kind of accept it. But that, that's not, the, I guess that's where Satan gets into the mix, right? Right, right. Yeah. It must be frustrating for you to, to have studied this and have so much knowledge, but just to see the, the culture saying, eh, no thanks. You have <laughs> to be open. You have to be open to the message, yeah. right? You can hear it. Um, and, and certainly for a time, I heard the message. Yeah. Um, even though in my own personal life, we, we obeyed Catholic teaching, I promoted it. Um, I, I promoted technology outside of, of church teaching. And, yeah. Um, and so you have to be open to it, and sometimes something has to happen, right, in order for you to recognize that. Um, and and so seeing and hearing messages like this might be the start of that recognizing. Yeah, kind of like a catalyst moment. Did, did you right. have a catalyst moment? You're, you're doing this, and then also was it like the, the scales fall from your eyes, or what happened it, to you? It wasn't a, a one-time yeah. A one-time thing. It happened over time, but then there was a final. Yeah, there was a final step. Um, uh, you had to leave your job, and I had to leave. Right, yeah. I had yeah. to leave. I couldn't continue doing what I was doing. Yeah, uh, I mentioned at the beginning about how you blessed uh, our our family, and I still remember going out to your home and you know spending time on Sunday afternoons and my wife and I were struggling with fertility and eventually we we had our our third child Mora who's about to turn 14 uh are you still working with individual couples or is that something that you'd like to speak about yes um i i and by the way we cherish that time we we loved when you guys came out and we got to know each other but um I, I do a lot of uh, teaching now in helping couples on My Catholic Doctor. It's actually a virtual hospital, um, and uh, there, there are a lot of providers there. Um, I'm not a medical doctor, but I, I help couples who want to learn natural family planning or want to use natural family planning as a diagnostic tool for trying to help them achieve pregnancy. Um, if they're struggling with some infertility, and um, and especially when when the male is involved, um, and there's some infertility issues there, because of my past experience, I'm able to uh, understand that testing, but now recommend a morally licit way of doing it, 
and um, and so I I do offer those services mm-hmm. on my Catholic. This practice. is like an ethical uh, alternative to IVF, right? Correct. So you've really done the whole spectrum. You've been, and I think that not that you you, you want to encourage somebody to get into that business, but I think having been there, it probably gives you a perspective, uh, maybe a more you know. Uh, understanding of where people are in their stage of life, you, you know, because right. you were there. Right. Uh, so I, I know couples who suffer with infertility for a long time and they just kind of throw up their arms and say, yeah, and it, it's just not God's will that we have a child. Have you found success? Can, can most couples through some kind of intervention like you're talking about, or, or at least, you know, find success with achieving pregnancy? Absolutely. Um, and so obviously I'm not, I'm just part of a team, mm-hmm. um, and uh, when a couple is struggling, we would we would enlist the services of other physicians who are who are experienced in what we call restorative reproductive medicine. So, getting to the root cause, and there are some e- extremely successful um, and well trained physicians in this space. Doctor Hilgers, obviously, and in, in the training that he's done there. Dr. Danielle Kessner is an example through the FEM organization. And then there's Dr. Phil Boyle, who actually is in Dublin um, and has an organization called Neo Fertility. Um, these physicians work with, uh, with couples that have had long-term struggles with infertility, even have tried IVF and have had multiple failures through IVF. Um, because when they when couples go through IVF, they never look at what the underlying cause is. They never try to solve what perhaps is causing mm-hmm. the infertility. They just want the quick band aid fix. Exactly. That way, I'm get pregnant. Let's be on with it, right? Yeah. Right. And it's not a quick yeah. fix, right? It, it sometimes it, it, these treatments can go on for several months to uh, to a year or more yeah. um, before it actually happens. But it, so it's it's not a fast process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it yeah. is a very effective. Uh, just a couple minutes remaining. Uh, Dr. Craig Trusinski is my guest, reproductive physiologist, director of strategy and scientific affairs for BOMA USA, the Billings Ovulation Method Association. Uh, they're located online at boma-usa.org. <laughs> okay. Yes. And uh, I know to get tickets, you go to boma usa uh, USA. USA, uh, dot org. Dot, dot org. Okay, so yeah. events dot boma b o m a dash usa dot org. Okay, that's where you get your tickets. I don't think you put a www before that. I tried both, but uh, go to go to that website again. It's November twelfth, six to ten p.m. Hilton Garden Inn. Uh, it's the being called the NFP message at home and abroad. Uh, here, touching and inspiring talks about how the pro-life and pro-family message starts with NFP and why it's increasingly needed today. Just about a minute remaining. What else would you like to tell our listeners to maybe encourage them to, uh, you know, it's a, what, a $100 ticket? Uh, and you also a virtual option as well. There is a, vir- there is a virtual option, um, and uh, it's it's only $40. So if um, if you don't want to... You know, come and and have the dinner. Uh, we we welcome because we want all to be able to hear this message. Um, if you're if you're struggling with the church teaching, um, I think this is a good a good event for you to come to, so you can so you can see for yourself. If if you're already a believer, um, this is a good. Uh, uh, Event for you to go to because it will strengthen your resolve, um, yeah. and uh, you know bring bring your friends. 
bring your friends or or tell your friends so that they can uh, hear this message as well. Yeah, it sounds like Dr. Danielle and Kyle uh, Kessner uh, have yes. just a fascinating story. I mean, just the adventure. They should make a movie out of what yes. they did. Yes. And, of course, Bishop Strickland's uh, just an amazing bishop. And so it should be awesome. Uh, Dr. Craig Trusinski, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate the work you're doing. Um, again, I want to just give that website out again. If you want to get tickets for the November 12th event, uh, being called the NFP Message at Home and Abroad, uh, sponsored by BOMA USA, it's events, plural events, dot BOMA dash USA dot org okay events dash boma dot events dot boma dash usa dot org okay well say that 10 times (laughs) all right thanks so much Uh, good good to talk with you again thanks to dining xavier and uh, for you the listener if you have any suggestions for future interviews uh, reach out to me dave palmer at grnonline.com dave palmer at grnonline.com god bless you a vast majority of Catholic youth are disconnecting from the church during their teenage years. To re-engage teenagers, Net Ministries offers dynamic evangelistic retreats that have helped over 2.3 million young people encounter the person of Christ. By scheduling a Net retreat, you create an opportunity for your young people to make the faith their own. Like one retreatant who shared, the Net retreat was a wake-up call for me. It's so easy to get distracted in the world, but it helped me to focus more on God and who God wants me to be. You can schedule your Net retreat today by going to netusa.org forward slash schedule. Faith Fitness is a ministry with the goal of bringing Jesus' message and teachings to the young adult community through monthly talks on different topics. This month, the talk will take place on Wednesday, September 21st, beginning at 7 p.m. at White Rock Alehouse Brewery in Dallas. The guest speaker will be Dallas Bishop Edward Burns, who will speak about the topic on Who is My Neighbor? Recognizing My Neighbor in the Immigrant. Confessions will also be available at the event. For more information, visit faithfitnessministry.net. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. And, you know, I say this all the time, how eclectic this program is by its very nature. I say if it's local and Catholic, it suits uh, the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week. And I love doing it so much because I've met so many fascinating people. And right now, this is kind of unique. I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these interviews, but this one is unique for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think it may be the first time I've ever done one of these interviews while I was live on uh, on Facebook. And my my uh, my guest, Andrea, Andrea uh, has us live. And so uh, anyways, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, a few months ago, a couple months ago, uh, Andrea, uh, whose last name is Visich, uh, came through the Spanish studio and I met her and I was told that she had a fascinating testimony. She's a missionary. She's a singer and a songwriter, former TV and radio host and, uh, now a radio guest. And so we're going to talk about her life and in particular, the, her work is founder and CEO of Angels of Charity and Music, otherwise known as ACM. And I have uh, talked to her already before the interview. I know that she was born in Peru. She has a Peruvian-Italian mother. She has a Yugoslavian father. She was baptized in New York. She lives in California, and she's right now in Texas. Okay, I know. So, <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, hey, good to have you here. Thanks for coming Thank by. Thank you. Thank you so much. I would like to say hi to everyone here that is listening to the radio station. May God bless you and bless this interview and I'm here to share my testimony and answer any questions yeah it sounds like the kind of life that maybe you need to write a book and uh, kind of put it all down you know because 
there's a lot. But take take us back because even though you and I spoke for a while before we started, I, you're still a bit of a, a mystery lady to me. I know you have a. Uh, several testimonies. Several, several. Tell tell our listeners as much as they should know introductory-wise before we get into your missionary work, your singing, and everything else that you're doing. So I've been a singer and songwriter for many, many years. Um, My last job was with Sony Records in Mexico. I was um, just a recent artist that was signed for a big record deal, and that was in 2006, December of 2006. And, but before that, I work in movies and soap operas and in all in, in Spanish. And when I was about to be released, um, in all Latin America and Spain, my career, I had a beautiful encounter with the Mother of God, the Virgin Mary through La Virgen de Guadalupe in Mexico. And she brought me back to Jesus because mm. I knew about Jesus. I was raised in a Catholic school. But when I went into the entertainment business, I really got out of, I think, uh, following the Lord, going to mass, um, having a a deep relationship with Jesus. But Jesus was never, never far away from me. Mm. God is always calling each of us to his side. He's always looking for us. And he was always looking for me. And he was always looking after me too. God saved me from a lot of dangers throughout my life. And that's part of many of my testimonies that I've been close to death. Now this time with the last uh, recent uh, diagnosis of cancer, but I survive. God has, has healed me and protect me five times in my life from dying. So that I think that everybody in life has a purpose in life. All of us have, have you know a purpose Mm -hmm. and we are not ready to go until we do not accomplish that purpose and god had a very different purpose for my life that i never ever would have ever imagined before 2006 because before 2006 my dream was to become a famous artist was to become like a shakira you know actually i performed with shakira in peru in 2000, we shared stage. We didn't perform together, but we shared the same stage. And my dream was to become like a Shakira, like her, like follow her, her steps. You know, that was mm-hmm. my role model. And, um, I mean, I follow many singers, but w- I wanted to be as famous as her. And I thought that in fame, I was going to find the real true happiness and the glory that I was looking for. But it was in 2006 through the Virgin Mary that she brought me back to Jesus. And when I had this very deep encounter with the Virgin Mary, because she spoke directly to me into my heart, and that was a miracle in my life. And I decided to quit the industry. I quit the industry on December 12th of 2006. That's a significant day. Significant day. And that was the day when the Virgin Mary spoke to me in the city, in the city of uh, Mexico, mm. in Mexico City. And, um, I decided to, to quit. I'm going to make it very short because I don't, I know we do not have much time. And I went back to Los Angeles, California, and I started calling different places where I could volunteer because I didn't know. I was like, oh, I have this call, but what do I do from, you know, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? And every place that I called, they said, well, you need a a reference, you know, from a priest or a deacon or someone that knows you in the church. And I was like, I want to serve the Lord. 
I want to sing for the Lord and I want to serve the Lord in any way that he might open the doors for me. And the only place that did not ask for any letters of recommendation, because I didn't have any from the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, now They're I all secular, now, yes. Yeah, or secular. Now I do. I have yeah. a letter from a, from a bishop, you know, thank God. But at that time I did not. And so when, when finally I got in touch with the home of St. Mother Therese, in Tijuana, Mexico, they are the ones that said, oh, come over here. They didn't ask for anything. They didn't mm. ask for my last name or reference, nothing. So I, I drove from LA into Tijuana, about three hour drive. And I ended up staying there for two years. So I was in that home for two years, volunteering, uh, being part of, uh, of the, of of them, you know, and Mother Lourdes from that home was very influential in my life. Well, after two years, she said to me, Andrea, I think you're ready to go out to the world. The Lord gave you many gifts that you should share with the world. And she said to me, you have to go back outside and and sing for the Lord because we need to bring more people to Jesus. Mm. And she said, you're going to be working with sick children. And I said, sick children, Mother Lourdes, where, where are those children? And she said, oh, they'll come. They'll yeah. come to you. You'll see. And I, for me, it was kind of shocking because I had been there for two years. And then Mother Lourdes is saying, you got to go back into the world. I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm ready to go back there. What am I going to do? You yeah, know, because... Yeah. I was always a, a secular artist and I don't know what to do. So she said, do not worry. The Lord is going to show you the way. And Mother Lourdes was the one that advised me to open Angels of Charity Music. Angels of Charity Music is a nonprofit organization that was founded in 2008. And we've been doing missionary work in Peru, Mexico, the United States, in, and also Serbia, in uh, former Yugoslavia. And we've been, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's, it's a miracle. I, I would, I would say it's a miracle because I didn't know any sick children, but then suddenly, that's another testimony, but we don't have much time. I ended up surrounded by all these sick children with deformities. And then I ended up working with doctors and nurses. And I, we've been involved with uh, doctors and nurses and doing medical missions now for many, many years. We have operated more than 5,000 children that were born with cleft palate, cleft lip, malformations of hands and feet, ear, nose, and throat problems. So we've been doing a lot of work, missionary work. And at the same time, I've been singing for, for the Lord, both of them. And my life since 2006, December 12th, changed tremendously. I never, ever thought that I would be singing for the Lord. I did not even know that that Catholic stations existed. I mean, for me, it was like, oh, really? They have Catholic TV stations and radio stations? Mm -hmm. Really? I thought only secular people had that. Yeah. And for me, it was a big change in my life to go from a secular artist into into religious music, into doing medical missions. And it's been a big change because I, I didn't study for that. But the Lord 
it's the Lord's will. Yes. The Lord, if you if you let yourself uh, open to the Lord and you tell the Lord, just use me in any yeah. way that you want to, the Lord can make miracles in your life. He can transform you. He can he can do whatever he wants. He's the Lord. Yeah. He can give you talents that that probably you did not have before or you didn't know that you have. And the Lord will help you with those. Um, and I say this because I never thought I was going to be involved in medicine. I was always afraid to even see blood. Mm -hmm. But now I go inside operating room and actually the doctors train me on instrumentation. So sometimes I help with instrument instrumentation mm. or translation inside operating room. And now I'm studying a new career that is related to alternative medicine. And so um, the Lord, the Lord makes uh, his own plans if you allow him to, you know? Yes. And yes. so that's what uh, we've been doing. And about two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I went through a treatment of big, big surgery, chemotherapy. And um, the, the reason why I'm alive is because God wanted me to stay alive. I had a type of cancer that the rate of living is very low because it spreads to other organs. And the only reason why I knew I had cancer was because God revealed it to me in a dream. The, the Lord told me that I was sick and that I needed to go to the doctor because I did not have any symptoms. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's no preventive exams for ovarian cancer. I do not understand why they don't have one when there is. Mm -hmm. There is, but it's not part of the medical protocol. But I advise every woman to check their ovaries and they can do it with an ultrasound. Yeah, With the same ultrasound that they use on pregnant women, when women are pregnant and they take an ultrasound, it's very safe. It does not have radiation and they can actually see actually every organ in that area with an ultrasound and they place the ultrasound in your belly and they, and you can see so much there, everything. Yeah. It's unbelievable and no radiation. I think that now that I'm studying alternative medicine, it's something that once I graduate, I'm going to advise my patients like, okay, do an ultrasound. There's no radiation. It's safe. Uh, you can see a lot. You can see how your organs are function, functioning, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not part of, you know, they only tell women to go check their breast. I mean, I'm, I, I can speak of this, right? I guess. Oh, yeah, that's Yo, fine. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so they only tell women that, but but what about the ovaries? And a lot of women, we think, because we didn't know. I didn't know this. I know now because I went through cancer. Mm -hmm. I was never told by my gynecologist, hey, you, you can, we can do an ultrasound. You know, usually they offer women the pap smear, you know, but that's not, that doesn't diagnose for ovarian cancer. Yeah. So I am very grateful and thankful to the Lord for letting me know that I had cancer. And it was found in stage one. The doctor that did my surgery asked me, I, I am curious, he said, Dr. Dr. Friedman in Los Angeles, he said, I never operated in an ovarian, ovarian cancer in 38 years. He said, because women do not have symptoms until mm -hmm. stage three or four. Yeah. Did you have symptoms? How did you know? I said, well, I said, um, I don't know if you believe in, in dreams and God, you know, but God revealed to me that I was sick. I did not have symptoms. And the doctor said, that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. 
And it is. It is a miracle. That's why it's unbelievable because yeah. it's a miracle. Yeah. And I was, it was found in stage one, which gives me a good rate of living, um, 90 to 95% uh, of survival rate. And I'm still surviving. Uh, it's, I've been on remission for, well, I ended treatments during the pandemic. I ended treatments uh, in the middle of 2020. So it's going to be two years very soon that I've been on, on remission. Mm, yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very nice. Um, I'm speaking with uh, Andrea Visic, mm -hmm. and she is founder and CEO of Angels of Charity and Music. And as you can tell, has a really fabulous story. Uh, it's amazing. Our Lady spoke with you. Um, Jesus spoke with you. Why, why do you think, as you look back on all these amazing things that have happened in your life and God intervening in your life, why, why do you think you were chosen for this? Did you ever, you ever think about that? Uh, what was it about your, about you that God said, I'm going to single her out for this mission? I, I do not know the answer. I've, I've have thought the same question that you're asking me several times. And I think that I will only know once I die, die physically in this earth and enter. I mean, I want to enter heaven. All, yeah. all of us, we do, you know. But of course, we're all going to have a final judgment. And I think I'm going to ask the Lord there <laughs> <laughs> in my final judgment. I'll be like, hey, Jesus, why did you choose me? Mm -hmm. um, I feel privileged. I feel privileged to be chosen to, you know, to to work with all these children and now we have a cancer fund and 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 work with all these women that have cancer and all these children that are born with deformities it's not easy um we've had um difficult times it's not easy to carry a mission like this because you got to deal with a lot of things with governments with um selfishness with a lot of things and I always have to constantly tell myself, you're doing it for Jesus. Because mm -hmm. that's what I was taught in the order of St. Mother of Therese. St. Mother of Therese had a very difficult life. It was not easy for her. She even had people that fought against her. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and I have encountered that, too. So whenever I get down and, and I have those um, that enemy, because the enemy is is upset, the enemy is upset about this. I know he says he has always tried to attack our mission always. Mm -hmm. And I look at St. Mother Therese, her example, how she fought, you know, in her life. And whenever I get down, I tell people to when you get down or you feel attacked by by the enemy. I always tell people, just watch the life, read about the life of of the saints because they were like us humans walking on earth and they're very inspiring. So whenever I get down, I always, um, I have the video of St. Maria Therese. I play her video and I watch it and I'm like, okay, it, mm -hmm. it'll be fine. And then I have, I also, I have another um, Catholic saint. Um, he was a doctor, St. Giuseppe. Okay. He, yeah, I'm not familiar with him. Oh. No. Saint Giuseppe, Italian. I guess. Italian. Yeah. He was uh he was a doctor, he was a lay person and his life, he gave he gave his life for the people. Mm. He was oh my god, everybody you got to watch that movie. It's amazing, amazing. And 
I always watch his movie. And then another scene that I always follow as well when I get down is uh, Saint John Bosco. Yes. Because he was very also humanitarian and charitable and he about was children. Yeah. About children and the youth. And he was always persecuted as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so everybody, if you're listening to me, don't feel disappointed. Keep, keep, you know, serving the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I noticed from your website, you know, that all of the uh, surgeries uh, for adults with deformities, it's all provided free. And of course, nothing, nothing comes entirely free. So are you funded by donors, by other ways that listeners who are listening right now can help you or what, what are your needs? Well, we, we do have needs monetary needs because everything we provide is completely free to the patients to the people you know but yes we have to collect funds uh we are not um we don't receive any funds from the government because we are religious non-profit organizations so we are not um um, they don't let us receive funds from the from the government, mm-hmm. and because we're a religious nonprofit, just because of the facts we're religious, then okay. But we are we are open to any any um, denomination. Uh, the reason why we're ecumenical is because Jesus was with Samari- yeah. with a Samaritan. <laughs> he proves that to us. Um, we receive any patient, any sick person, regardless of their religion, ethnicity, uh, creed. Anybody that is sick mm-hmm. is welcome. Yeah, yeah, we actually do not even ask questions on their faith. We don't uh, force anybody to believe on anything. Uh, we preach with our deeds, like Saint Mother Therese do a deed, you know, and they still do. She's still alive with us in spirit, and we follow the steps of Saint Mother Therese because she, when she was in India. She would receive all these people that had the Hindu religion, you know, and she would even help them to to pass away from this life into eternity. Mm-hmm. And she never forced anybody to convert to anything. But there's been miracles in her life where thousands of conversions. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> thousands yeah. of conversions right. without forcing anything. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's something that we truly believe in our organization. And... Um, we are grateful and we are grateful if somebody wants to donate, that would be a big help. It's been very challenging um, the last couple of years. One, because of the cancer, I used to be the one that organized the events to fundraise. We haven't had any events to fundraise because of a lot of um, situations with the, you know, the, this pandemic that we went through. We are coming back and probably organizing some events now. We also uh, need donations. So if anybody can donate, that will help. We take donations from from donors, from enterprises. And you're more than welcome to go to angelsofcharityandmusic.org. And there's a button there to donate. You can find all our videos. We are online, all over the place online. Angels of Charity and Music. Org. Org. All right. We are going to play... Uh, your 
rendition of Ave Maria, right? We're going to play yes. a portion of this. I don't think we can, we'll have time to play the entire thing, but do you want to set this up? This is uh, available on YouTube. We're going to just play the audio portion of it now. Yes. Uh, I, I think, and I'm sure you would agree, it's one of the most beautiful songs. Of course, it's the Hail Mary, right? It's yes. uh, one of the, written, written, you know, it's in scripture itself, but uh, tell us what this song means to you. Well, I, I'm a songwriter and, and I brought a CD here with a lot of the songs that I write, but I think that it would be very appropriate to sing, um, the Ave Maria by Schubert is one of my favorite ones. And we are in Guadalupe Radio Network. So <laughs> the Ave Maria, it's, it's beautiful. This version was the version written by Schubert. So I hope you will enjoy it. He, to me, he was a genius. He was gifted with a musical, a gift that it's unbelievable, Schubert. Mm -hmm. He wrote beautiful pieces for, for the Lord. Yes. All right. So yes. here is a portion of uh, Andrea Andrea with uh, the Ave Maria by Schubert. All right. We, uh, thank you very much for that. We have about a minute and a half remaining, and we've uh, given out the website, angelsofcharityandmusic.org, angelsofcharityandmusic.org, nonprofit religious organization of pastors, priests, artists, missionaries, doctors, nurses, and many others who dedicate their talents and gifts in giving love, spiritual, material aid to children. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's on for the future? What, uh, what are your hopes and aspirations as we close out 2022 and go into 2023? Anything uh, that you'd like to mention to our listeners? Well, I think that my, well, my own aspiration is to, to serve Jesus in any way that he wants me to. So mm -hmm. I'm open. I'm open to continue with our medical missions, with the cancer uh, mission, with the cancer fund, but I'm open to changes too. Whatever God puts on on the road, yeah. because God is a very interesting. <laughs> he's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty pretty uh, creative uh, he's, per person. Uh, all right, he's very uh, creative, and and really quick, I want to say why he's very creative, because he made us come here to Dallas, Texas, and I never thought that that the the house that we purchased will end up turning into a house of prayer. So now we have a little we call it a little house of prayer here in in McKinney, Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll have to do another interview sometime about yes. that. I know yes. you had an event recently, uh but uh I am uh, unfortunately out of time and so yes. I've got to wrap this up, <laughs> but uh thank you so much. 25 minutes goes by very fast and uh hello to your wonderful Facebook live audience. Thank you for sharing uh, these 25 minutes with us everybody in all the hearts. And, oh my goodness, there really a lot lots of lots of love being shown yes, through that, yes. isn't it? Lots uh, so of th hearts. thanks. It looks like a fireworks display. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also thanks to your your dear mom Janina for yes. uh, being here and also Julian my as friend well. Julian yeah so thanks thanks He's to the them president as well. of angels of charity music Julian president All right. and uh, we'll wrap this up thanks to Cecil for um, running the board for this and thanks to you all for listening if you have suggestions for future shows just email me Dave Palmer at grnonline.com and don't forget that website angels of charity and music Dot org. My guest has been Andrea Visich, founder and CEO. So thank you so much and uh, God bless you. Great, God great. bless you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM interview of the week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at the same time for another KATH 910 AM interview of the week.
Are you looking for a full or part-time office for you or your team? WorkSuites provides workspace offices for individuals and small team businesses. WorkSuites, a new sponsor of KATH 910AM, is owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. WorkSuites offices are designed to cultivate a community of professionals working together to accomplish their business goals. WorkSuites invites you to give them a call at 888 888- Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.